0: Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry podcast is part of the Rooted family of podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference podcast, the Rooted Parent podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more about Rooted, visit us at www.rootedministry.com. I'm your host, Davis Lacey. I'm joined by a fellow Rooted coworker, as well as dear personal friend, Charlotte Goetz. And Charlotte, welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Davis.
0: You are welcome. Uh, For those of you who are coming into this recording, you probably have heard Charlotte's name before in Rooted Circles. Uh, She has served in a variety of contexts at Rooted. She served as the editor-in-chief for our blog, uh, later, she transitioned to a role as the director of publishing projects. One of the things that she has helped to do is co-edit the Jesus I Wish I Knew in High School with Cameron Cole. Um, and in this point in her career, she is actually taking a step of transition and is transitioning out of her official rooted capacities. She's not fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, she's not going anywhere. Um, but her role with Rooted will look different. Uh, Charlotte, we're going to miss you. And I hope that during our podcast today, we can actually take a little bit of time to celebrate you and honor you because you've you've done a great work for Rooted.
1: I love that, Davis. And I love Rooted. It's going to be super sad to set sales, although I'm not going anywhere. And I live in about a quarter mile radius to most of my co-workers and will be at the conference this year. So the question is am I really leaving? Um, that is. That's yet to be determined, right? Yeah, it's yet to be determined. I, right? yeah, to be determined. <laughs> I can never fully leave Rooted because it's so near and dear to my heart.
0: Amen. Amen. Um, what's fun, Charlotte, is that you have you know your youth ministry experience goes far beyond sure. your time working for youth ministers through Rooted. You yourself were a youth minister uh, and served right? vocationally in youth ministry with the Cathedral Church of the Advent uh, there in the Magic City of Birmingham, Alabama.
1: That is correct. I actually had the mother of all youth ministry experiences where I began youth ministry about the same year that our beloved Cameron Cole did. And we were co-workers and had such a ride of it as youth ministers together at the Advent.
0: So one of the things that I think will be helpful for us to do um, just in this podcast where we get to sort of have a uh, I hate to call it a farewell podcast, but this is just a way that we can oh. celebrate you and honor you, but also glean from your wisdom uh, because you do have the mother of all youth ministry experiences. <laughs> and I think it would be helpful for our listeners to hear from you and maybe hear, uh, you know, maybe your top three youth ministry stories, experiences, and all of the chaos that ensued. But but really for you <laughs> to drop a couple of bombs of wisdom on us of, of here's three lessons that I've learned that I would impart to current youth ministers that will serve them well, uh, as they serve teenagers. Does that, does that make sense kind of as a premise for our conversation today?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I, in some ways feel like, um, you know, feel inequipped to be giving youth ministers advice because I was youth minister for three years and we've got some long time veteran listeners out there who will laugh in the face of my three year stint. Um, but I do think it was really interesting to sit down and think about some of this stuff. Um, from this many years out. So my last I, I left in two thousand nine and so it's been thirteen years. Wow. And I think it's so it's been really interesting when you asked me to do this, I was like, huh, gosh, like is my brain remember that far back? Um but thinking about, you know, I live back in Birmingham now. And so a lot of my students from just those three years, I go to church with now and I've worked with some of them. And so it is really interesting to say, huh, what were some of the things in, during that time that uh, that stuck with kids potentially? Um, and that sort of, again, st- stay with me in terms of, I don't know, I guess, like what what really it is bringing kids lasting faith in Jesus um, when the rubber meets the road. So anyway, that's, it's been that's, fun to think about.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. Let's jump right in then uh, without further ado. And I'd love for you in, in no particular order, but I'd love for you to share uh, maybe the three different reflections, three different pieces of wisdom uh, that have been formative to you and might be formative to other youth ministers.
1: Okay, so uh, I, n- none of these three things are rocket science, but uh, they were meaningful to me and again, I think meaningful to, um, students. I have often said, I think that those three years were the most fruitful years of ministry in my whole life. And I consider myself to have been in ministry one way or the other ever since. Um, and I can't really say why, maybe it's because I was like a single woman just out of college and like had no boundaries. And so was like, you know, (laughs) just burning the bridge at both ends and, you know, being a local hero, but, uh, it really was just an unbelievably fruitful time. And so, the first thing that I want to share, um, and I want to also point out that none of these three things I'm about to share involve teaching or theology. Uh, the first one is to show up and be in the lives of kids. And again, I mean that more than on. Sunday morning and more than during youth group. Um, I sort of had, I mean, this was par- partially because I enjoyed it. I, I, again, I think some of the stuff I'm about to say, I didn't do because I thought, oh, this is going to be the, the thing. You know, it just, I, it's what I enjoyed. And so I enjoyed spending time with students, like going to get coffee or going on walks. And so my schedule, like I left the office by three every day. And was then out with kids um, on their turf, going to their games, things like that. But I think that though, things like that give you, so I'm what I'm not saying is like, oh, this is the, you know, this is where you have to teach kids about Jesus is at those coffees. I mean, if that comes up, that's great. But I think all of that FaceTime and you showing up in a kid's life, makes it so when they're in the foxhole, because they will be, because this is life this side of the fall, uh, you're the one that they're going to come to. And you're the, then you're going to be there to share the gospel to them in the place where they most need it and can most accept it in a really transformative way. And I saw that play out over and over and over again when kids went through crises in their lives, who I had been investing in, in a really basic Ice cream after school kind of way Um, that again, like they didn't come to me because I had done, um, you know, I had gone through the book of John with them. They came to me because I'd been at their ballet recital. And I knew what was going on in their lives and they trusted me. Now, I think another one of the ways that you can show up and be in kids' lives is in the context of like small groups. I also loved doing small groups. I think you can do a really good combination there of like, um, you know, especially if there really are small groups, you know, like with no more than like 10 kids. You can really get to know kids um, in that context while also, you know, leading them through scripture which is wonderful. But, um, and then I think along the other line, the the sort of same things is, is just like showing up in kids lives is showing up um, in the really devastating moments, even if you don't know a kid. Okay. So like, this is sort of the same, but different, but I think it is. I mean, this is just a life lesson for anybody who's suffering or in grief, but uh, you got a friend who's got something hard going on. do, Don't ask them if you can show up, just show up. You just have to show up. Don't think, oh, am I a good enough friend for them? Don't ask that to yourself. You just show up. People remember who shows up. And, um, again, that's how you become somebody who, uh, who can point, um, a hurting person in the, in the direction of Jesus. Um, so yeah, that's That's, number one.
0: That's great. And I, a, it plays off of rooted's, you know, relational discipleship pillar. So way to go, way to rep the DNA. Um, but that's part of our DNA for a reason. I wish that I would have grasped the connection between incarnational ministry, like just being present, uh, embodying what it looks like to live a life of gospel intentionality at ballet recitals or football games or, you know, ice cream after school, whatever it would be. Um, that contact work piece is a struggle for me because I'm an introvert. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but also was a struggle for me almost theologically when I was in youth ministry and, and still even today, cause it's like, I want to be present with people, but Sunday's coming and I've got to preach a sermon or right. you know this leadership pipeline thing's got to be worked out. This task has to be done. Um, I think I err on the side of, of being, uh, not cloistered, but just doing tasks, writing curriculum, teaching, um, and almost forget the value that relational ministry really does over time afford opportunities to, you know, not just teach the gospel, but to embody the gospel for people. Absolutely. So thank you for <laughs> that reminder. That's really good. Um, all right. Hard to top number one, but Charlotte, let's get your number two.
1: Well, I was going to, I, I shouldn't go back, um, backwards here, but just to your point too about your str- struggle with that. I, I do feel this is going to transition into my number two. I do feel like this is also, a male-female thing a little bit. Um, I think that, uh, and I have seen this in general. Like men are gonna prioritize something that's like a little bit more detached, like teaching, like sermon prep, all all those things. Like, uh, and that's more maybe a little bit more cerebral. And I think women tend to be more relational. Um, I hope I can say that on this podcast. I'm, That's I'm, just I'm, cool, with
0: it. I'm cool with it. I, I think the way you said it, these are these are trends that I have found to be true. Yes. I have seen similar trends. I've also seen a trend where, you know, it was the exception to the rule and not the rule that middle school or high school boys would just meet me for coffee and sit for an hour. Typically, Typically, the way that I would connect with them would be, you know, hey, do you want to go play basketball together? Yeah, you
1: got to do something. You got to yeah. yeah. do something together.
0: Yeah, you got to do something together. Even even men in the church that I pastor now, like it's, oh, yeah. it's almost like you've got to do something together and you connect yes. and form bonds by sharing an experience together. So yes, that's a good totally. observation, Charlotte. Yeah, that's a great observation.
1: Well, so that leads me into my third, or sorry, my second point. That was going to be my third point, but I've swapped it around on the fly here.
0: Awesome, uh, let's go. Then
1: that I you know, I've observed in rooted throughout rooted is that there is a high volume of male youth pastors, which is wonderful. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I would encourage all of those male pastors out there listening to find a female counterpart, maybe, you know, whatever your denomination is, and I'm not getting into the like, um, doctrine here, you know, maybe Whether or not she can teach, she could go to coffee with some young girls. I just think, you know, as important as it is, I think for male youth pastors to also shepherd their female students. I also think, which we talk a lot about a lot, because it's almost predominantly male youth pastors. But I also think, like, I want to hit home. Find a woman in your community, even if you can't hire her for pay. Somebody who, you know, pray, you know, you can pray over it somebody in your church who you see has a way with teenage girls who you could bring on as a volunteer um, and build her up in um, this ministry. But I just think that uh, I saw that with Cameron and I, like that our ministry really flourished because we both had different gifts and we, I feel like we're able to really serve our students well um, with both of our guests and I had the, the, you know, privilege of being paid and that was my job. Um, but I think there are lots of women out there looking for a vocation, um, on the side, you know, if that's not something you can do in your church. So I think I just want to encourage that all all the dudes out there listening, like pray over a woman, I, mean, <laughs> not, I pray think that, over, yeah. not your wife. Gosh, we'll I think, I think that's so yeah. good.
0: And and to your point that you just said, like you know, we had that with a team of a female, they were small group leaders in our context and they they were leading girls small groups, they were showing up at girls sporting events and stuff like that and you know, they were they were volunteering their time, uh which was awesome. Um but what that did is it took pressure off of my wife Cheris to, yeah. you know, she she wanted to be with me in the trenches, she liked ministering to our teenagers. But she also had ministry giftedness that were totally unique from mine and carried her yes. beyond the realm of youth ministry. Yeah. And it was really freeing for her to be able to trust and rely on those other ladies so that she could go, you know, explore some other avenues of ministry and service. And, and that's even true of our church today, where we've got ladies on staff with us and mm-hmm. you know that are just in the trenches as core volunteer leaders in our church now, to where Lacheris and I are in lockstep and are working together it frees her to go and, and, you know, scratch some different ministry itches that are different from the direction that I'm running in, if that makes sense. So I would, I would just encourage married youth pastors who are male to say, don't that's not just wise, that's going to be freeing and helpful for your home and for your wife to really flourish where she's gifted. Yeah, that's great.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, even as you mentioned earlier, you know, the struggle to, um, have that incarnational ministry on top of all your other daily tasks. Well, if you can empower um, a, another person on your team to like to take some of these incarnational tasks that you feel less gifted at, then great. You, you've you just, you know, bolstered up your own ministry a little bit and what you're be able to accomplish in a day, you know? Um, so anyway, that's awesome. That's my number two. Yeah. Thank
0: you for, thank you for that. And uh, I don't know if we've saved the best for last or not, but we're going to get to your last point. Uh, Before we do, uh, I'll stop and allow our listeners to hear from the sponsor on today's episode. Youth workers, have you ever experienced the puzzle of building a discipleship strategy for your students? Trying to find the curriculum pieces to fit in the places of Sunday school, small groups, and events can be a true challenge. In a search for traditional curriculum, It's difficult to find the format, length, topics, and themes that best fit the vision you have for teaching your students. Sometimes you order a curriculum study only to realize some of the theology doesn't line up with what your church or denomination would teach. With your youth ministry curriculum, you can have the freedom of a custom curriculum piece built for your ministry. Imagine curriculum built by someone else to free you up to focus on investing in students based on your schedule, your format, and your theology that will best equip your leaders to disciple your students. You and your students can find the perfect piece to fit your discipleship strategy with custom content from your youth ministry curriculum. Visit us online at youryouthministrycurriculum.com and let's start a conversation on how your next small group, Sunday school lesson, or event resource can maximize biblical content for your students today. All right, Charlotte, you've given two great pieces of advice, of, of counsel, of wisdom, learned from experience in youth ministry. Um, I'd love to hear what you've got for us third and finally. It doesn't have to be final if you think of something else, but the third and final prepared point of wisdom uh, that you want to share with our listening audience today.
1: All right. The third thing I thought of, you know, this goes, this, this has shown true in my own life as, as uh, when I was a student in youth ministry and then also as a youth minister and then also as an adult listening to other adults talk about their own testimonies. And it is this, that I think the trips matter, which is going to be hard to hear because they're tough to plan. They're exhausting. It's a whole thing. I know it, but gosh, I just hear more and more people whose major, you know, coming to Jesus involved being on a, you know, whether it was a domestic missions trip or an international missions trip, or just a weekend retreat, those places, you know, it goes, it, it's similar to the idea of showing up in the, the lives of kids, but, you know, on trips where you're playing pranks and all the stupid stuff that again, has nothing no like profound theological components but those are the places where i just feel like your spirit is a little bit more cracked open and ready to receive you know you're doing cool things it's just i don't know take the trips plan the trips even if they're it's 20 minutes away to like the jankiest cabins you know in the middle of the woods. Like it's something to laugh about. I mean, y'all all know every youth minister out there, we have these stories that are like, we all almost died 10 times, you know? And like, I don't even know, like the, the poop jokes, all the things, but they all add up. They all count, um, down this path of trying to lead kids towards Jesus, you know? Um, so I don't know. That just stands out to me is important. I was just listening to somebody the other day who's a now a theolog a theologian at Cambridge University. So uh, top dog. Got some credentials. And his testimony is that he came to the Lord uh, on a mission trip in Appala- uh, North Carolina. You know, that's it. Simple, like couple day day trip, and I just. I don't know. There's something, something unique about those trips. Again, as much as I complained about them, myself uh, as a youth minister. So
0: I also complained about them, um, but I share your perspective. Actually, uh, I think it was 2017, several years ago, wrote an article for rooted um, and it was as I was transitioning out of youth ministry and, uh, the team of elders there at my church had asked me to just jot down as much as I could about basically starting a youth ministry from scratch and and what I'd learned and mistakes that I'd made and all that kind of stuff. And so I did a little bit on retreat planning and put an article out for Rooted about just four different fruits that can come from being away on a retreat that are, that are all gospel kind of implications of the gospel or fruits of the gospel. So I'll post that link in the show notes of this episode as well. Um, but if you just go to Rooted and search for retreat, uh, there's so many different authors who have have written um, failed experiences. I think about Rebecca Langford's article, um, mm-hmm. but al- but also you know, the Lord really moved while we were away in this setting. So I would encourage our listeners to go check out those resources on the Rooted blog.
1: Yeah, the one thing, there's something else that just sort of comes to mind is like a last sort of thing. Is like I just feel like when it comes to ministry, there's just no better picture of the upside downness of the kingdom than youth ministry, where it's just like backwards is forwards. And this way is that and things that look like disasters and roadblocks end up being just these like, bountiful fields of fruit. And just I I just say that to encourage everybody out there that if you're looking around you, and you're saying things do not look like they're going well that that you know, for me this many years out, that that is not that's not how God works. You know, like so often, he is just working in the ice cream after school and the the you know retreat that that got canceled and then had to be rescheduled but then only five kids can come instead of 20 you know and that ends up being the most powerful thing ever that never happened to me but it it, it happened to somebody out there you know it did oh it did and all those I'm, I'm raising I'm and, raising
0: my hand for those who can't see at home yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so just i think um take heart you know that God's plan so often looks like a disaster. I mean, just mm. look at I think of uh you know Saturday after Good Friday. Um uh you know looked like the greatest disaster in history and then woo boy. Come on Easter. So, anyway. Yeah.
0: There Man, you go. That's that's really good. Charlotte, thank you for that. And and I'm, I'm encouraged um, just thinking back on my own years in youth ministry and saying, yeah, it seemed like a disaster. And I was the reason it seemed like a disaster most of the time. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, and, and yet
1: the Lord's faithful. And, uh, yeah, and, thank goodness but, you're not actually the one responsible for amen. saving these kids. Amen. It's, it's God and the Holy spirit. And he's, he's got it. He loves them more than you do. Amen.
0: He sure does. Um, Charlotte, I'm really encouraged. I, I think those are three pieces of advice that are really helpful you know, show up. Uh, think about the, the partnership, the meaningful ministry partnership between women and men and how fruitful that is in the kingdom. Uh, and yeah, just thinking through the fact that the Lord is at work in broken places in youth ministry. Um and take the trips, take the trips. I was about to say that was, that was the bonus one. Take the trips, take the trips. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing this. I I trust that this will not be the last time that we get you as a guest on, uh, the Reared Youth Ministry podcast, but you know, you yourself have said, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to transition. What's next. Any, any ideas from the Lord on what's next for you as you step into this new season, uh, to quote, uh, to quote Elsa as you step. No.
1: Yeah. Elsa into the unknown. Uh, (laughs) I almost broke out in song right there. You should y'all have. Welcome for not doing it, but <laughs> uh yeah. So I mean, primarily I really want to embody my role as mother in um the most robust way possible. So that is that is y'all can pray for me. Um I, my kids are seven and nine and I absolutely adore them. And I just really wanna soak up all these moments and um, but work wise and creativity wise I am writing or trying to write Um, and that is what I hope to be doing but I have also seen the Lord uh, take my life down rabbit trails I didn't even know we're sitting there so I'm kind of wide open Um, but but happy to be really happy to be and just so excited to be Rooted Adjacent, as I always will be. And I will see y'all at a conference. And um, thanks for having me, Davis. I'm just, this
0: is really fun. I'm so glad. Well, I hope you feel honored and celebrated. Um, You have a lot to share with the Rooted community. I've been personally blessed by this conversation. I trust our listeners can say the same. So Charlotte, we wish you nothing but the best. We wish you nothing but God's grace and peace and favor as you step into this new chapter. Uh, And on behalf of all of us here at Rooted, uh, both vocationally, uh, former steering committee members, uh, longtime listeners and readers, thank you for everything that you have done for our community. Thanks, Davis. You're welcome. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Hey, if you found this episode helpful uh, and encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music for this podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Charlotte Getz, and special thanks to you listeners on behalf of all of us here at Rooted. My name is Davis Lacey. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast.